Welcome to Top of the Game with Javier Sade, where we talk to amazing people that are shaping the world. These lightning round talks explore what makes remarkable leaders tick. Thinkers and doers pushing humankind forward and at the top of their games. Impactful insights, global perspectives, valuable wisdom you can use every day in your life and work. This is Top of the Game. Enjoy today's episode. Here's Javier. Today, we talk to Tom Lamas. Tom is an American journalist who was the weekend anchor for World News Tonight on ABC. Currently, he's at NBC News, where he's a national correspondent and anchor of NBC News Now, an incredible human being who has won multiple Emmy Awards, as well as two Edward R. Murrow Awards. He was born in Miami, a child of Cuban immigrants who fled the island of political refugees. Strap onto your seatbelts. Tom, welcome to the show. Oh, yeah. Thank you for having me, man. It's a pleasure. Listen, everybody knows you. Um, but, you know, I'm going to start with a really simple question. Sure. When when did you know you wanted to do what you actually do for a living now? So I, I grew up in Miami. My parents are Cuban-American. And growing up, we, we were always watching the news, right? My parents would watch all the news that was coming out of Cuba, Um, we'd watch local news, we'd watch national news, and then we'd watch, you know, international news like Telemundo, Univision, because sometimes they wanted more stories. You know, they wanted as much information as they could get about what was happening in Cuba. Um, and because of that, I grew up in a family where, you know, we were watching news a lot. My parents woke up every day and they, they read the newspaper cover to cover, the Miami Herald. And at night, you know, when we had family over, we had friends. I mean, it was a constant conversation growing up about, what was happening in Cuba, the relationship between America and Cuba. So so I, I didn't know this at the time, but I was always surrounded by sort of a geopolitical conversation, ongoing conversation in my life. Um, that being said, I took a writing class when I was a freshman. I went to a school called Belen Jesuit, which is the Jesuit school in Miami mm -hmm. for, for boys and young men. It yep. actually started in Havana. Um, Fidel Castro is actually a, a graduate. He actually graduated from the school and then he kicked out the Jesuits. Uh, it's a very interesting story. They have, they have, they have a, an incredible history, and they, they do a great job. And so I was taking a writing class my freshman year, and I really enjoyed writing. And during a career day at the school, we had um, a local news reporter. His name is Luis Aguirre. He still mm -hmm. works in Miami. He, he did a lot of network stuff. He's a, a great, great broadcast journalist and a great guy. And he came in. He was an, uh, an alumnus. He came in, and he said, listen, if you really like writing, you should look into, into journalism, and you should look into TV news. And my parents had great parents, you know, and they were like incredibly encouraging and helpful. And so they said, look, why don't you try to get a job somewhere? And I was 14, 15 at the time. And so um, just through word of mouth, Telemundo, there was some, a, a personal connection. Somebody knew somebody there and I was able to call in and they said, sure, come in. And I was 15 years old. I couldn't even drive. Mm -hmm. My mom dropped me off at the, at the news station. And, like I went in with like a blue blazer and a tie, like totally dressed like a Probably like a huge dork, but, but um, <laughs> it was really funny. And then I, I went there and, you know, um, it, I started working in a newsroom. And I, I worked the desk. I answered phones. I went out on shoots. I interviewed people. But the, the thing that was really um, helpful and the thing that was like that really helped me a lot was that it was the whole day was in Spanish. So even though I was fluent in Spanish, you know, at, working at Telemundo the entire day from the moment I got there, I was just speaking Spanish. So my Spanish got it got my Spanish was incredible by that by the end of that summer, and so um, because it's one thing to be fluent, Javier, as you know, in a language, and the other thing is to conduct business in that language, and it's yeah. very different, right? Yeah. I would say 
being fluent in a language and conducting business in a language, there's there's maybe like a 10x difference there, you yeah. know? Um, and so, yeah. so so it was great. It was great for, for that part of my life and my culture. But I also got exposed to the news business and I saw exactly what a television news reporter, producer, assignment editor did every day. It was an incredible job. I got paid nothing, uh, but I didn't even get school credit because I was 15 years old. But it, it opened my eyes and I met a lot of great people. I met people like Jose Diaz Ballard. I met people like uh, Jorge Ramos. I met a lot of local Telemundo uh, correspondents who I still know to this day and photographers. And I did I did two summers there. I did a summer when I was 15, I did a summer when I was 16. And from there, I was like sort of on my way and I kept working every summer in newsrooms. I worked at NBC News the, the summer before my senior year and I got hired out of school and I started working overnight shifts, weekends, holidays. I've worked every shift there is. I started at the bottom making $14 an hour. And, um, and now I'm here talking to you, man. I mean, remarkable path. And, you know, a couple of things that kind of to reiterate, somebody planted a seed that took some kind of interest in you at right. school early. I happen yeah. to have gone to San Ignacio de Loyola, a Jesuit school in San Juan, where I grew up. So it's kind of interesting. Yeah, my uncle, my uncle went there. My uncle yeah. went there. My, yeah. well, my mom's family left Cuba. They, they spent some years in Puerto Rico. And my uncle went to that school. Yeah, they're terrific. I mean, those Jesuits cool. really know how yeah. to educate people. Um, you know, and the, the other thing that kind of struck me about what you were saying is this willingness to just go with the flow and see what happens. So obviously the rest is history. I want to kind of switch gears a little bit, given that you're, yeah. you know, everybody talks about media and the changes, citizen journalism, social media, TikTok, right. 140 characters, you know, distribution, production, consumption. Everything's kind of in this mixing, uh, changing, transforming. From your very interesting perch, Tom, do you think do you think we're going forward? Do you think we're going backwards? Are we kind of in a neutral, just very high level? Tell me what's happening with media. Look, I think I think people are consuming media more than they ever have before, right? So that that's an opportunity for, for people like me and people that, that own media companies, because people are constantly listening to podcasts like this one, uh, listening or reading to books on their tablets, reading online uh, newspapers, uh, still buying newspapers, magazines, watching news, watching cable news, watching streaming news, listening to the radio. I mean, everywhere you go, you have your AirPods in um, or your Bose mm -hmm. headset and you're walking around and like. You're being you're being influenced, touched, uh, enlightened, educated, informed by the media, right? So we're sort of like this in, in this golden age. That being said, anytime there's the proliferation of something, right, there's going to be negative aspects. Anytime there's yep. too much of something, something is too easy to produce to put out there. There's going to be problems, and so everybody in America can have a podcast. Everybody in America can have a show on YouTube, right? Um, and because of the technology we have, they can, and that, that's incredible, right? And some people have built careers, and they they become these huge stars in media. Yeah, huge. I mean, they, you could argue the biggest people in media right now are people on YouTube. People like Mr. Beast, right? Who are making tens of millions of dollars. Who, yeah. If you're an adult and you're listening to this podcast, you don't know who Mr. Beast is. You need to look it up because your kids know who Mr. Beast is. Yeah. Right? Yeah. He's doing something much different than I am. So, so anybody can be a journalist. Anybody can be a talk show host. Anybody can be a sports analyst. You can do whatever you want. Now, that being said, you know, I, I have been trained as a journalist, right? I have I, I got my degree. I worked in newsrooms. I, I, I've done 
10,000 plus reps, right? Whatever Malcolm Gladwell wants to put the calculation at. I've done all that, right? So I have the experience and I know that there are things like ethics. There are things like fairness. There are things like laws. Uh, You have to know what what, what you can and cannot do when when you approach someone, when you go to someone's house. You know, there's laws about trespassing. There's laws about uh, shooting video. These are all things that I know inside and out. Now, the person who's just started a show, they may not know this, right? Um, they may not care. They may know that they're putting out disinformation, uh, and, and that's what's happened. And so there's, yeah. a, there's, there's, just, there's a lot. The faucet is open, and it's just gushing out. And so there's a lot of great journalism. There's a lot of great media, and there's a lot of bad media, and there's a lot of bad, bad news. That being said, you know, we also live in a day where when something happens because everyone has a phone in their hands, there's a good chance we, we've captured it on video. And we can show that to people. And we can, when, when somebody says, oh, that didn't happen, well, this is what the video shows, right? It's a different yeah. story. Um, so I think, I think there's a good and bad to that. And then I think the, the other thing is that you can, you can argue that, that, that the news has always been biased or there's been a level of bias in the news. You yep. can make that argument and you would probably have very good examples and a very strong argument. But by and large, journalists go in, I believe, the journalists that I work with, the places I have worked, Telemundo, NBC, ABC News, they go in with with the goal to be fair, mm-hmm. to be tough but fair, to be objective, and not to take sides. Okay, those are the people I work with, and I can only talk about my experience. But there has also been, uh, you know, the explosion of uh, uh, subjective news, right? So polarization, taking one side. Uh, Fox News. Uh, on the left, you have a ton of people. On the left, too, we have, you know progressive minds at MSNBC who yeah. are in prime time. Um, and so, but you also have Americans who love that. Like millions of people watch that and they consume that and they love that. Well, but, um, and I yeah. think like news, yeah, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, I was gonna say there's a reason why that's kind of what it's evolved. There's yeah. a reason why it is where we are now because that's what people wanna consume, which creates all the downsides that you were describing earlier, right? It's hard to find ground truth, these echo chambers, you know, anybody with a phone is a- But it's, know, again, it's like, it's like people, you know, you could argue, we talk about this for, for three hours, is the chicken or the egg, right? But yep. what Americans love, what American consumers love, if you look at it from a business perspective, right? Yep. From a purely business perspective, Americans love variety, right? You go out, you, you can get your hamburger 10 different ways in this country, right? In America, you have places to go everywhere that will serve that, and also in the grocery store, you have yeah. 10 million different types of tomato sauce. And that's what happens. That's, what, that's the way people have to understand news. There's, there's just a lot of news out there. The problem is, is when the stuff you're talking about um, can overtly influence the way people live their lives. And that, that's sort of like, I think, a fair discussion and a discussion that's happening right now. And it, you know, it leads to people being upset with the news, not liking the news, not liking the quote unquote media. I hate that word because... Yeah, media includes everything, right? Includes music, includes television, video games, everything, um, streaming. So you know, it, and it becomes this term like, well, the media is playing the media, or you know, the, yeah. the news is corrupt, or you know, whatever you want to say. And that's that's not fair because some, I think there's still a lot of people doing a very good job, and they care about this country, and they care about informing citizens, and they care they care about shining a light where it needs to be shined. You know, the fragility of our systems, right, and all of these things we used to communicate or govern ourselves or the economy. These are all man slash woman made things we create yeah. to organize ourselves. So of course, if the creator of these things are humans, well, they're going to have 
human frailties and flaws. Um, Tom, as you know, these shows are supposed to be relatively quick pace. I mean, this has been a whirlwind of a of a very short talk with you, and I would love to have you back. But kind of want to end the show with um, sort of a something that I think is going to elucidate a little bit about you as a person. If you've done ten thousand reps, like Malcolm yeah. Malcolm Gladwell said in Blink, and hence that many reports and incredible journalism. Any one of them that jumps out at you that just has had an effect on you personally, not that it was like the story of the month or something, but just a report you did that you were like, oh my God, like, this is just incredible. I covered, I did a story when I was a local reporter in Miami about uh, Cubans being smuggled mm -hmm. on go fast boats uh, um, across the Florida Straits, you know, from Cuba into, into Florida. And essentially what was happening was smugglers were paying people in Miami to say, look, you want to get your family out? We'll let you take your family. You have to drive the boat, but you have to take, you know, 30 other people on the boat. And you don't know who these people are, and, and you don't really even know how to drive a boat. But this is what this is what it's going to cost you if you want to get your family out. I worked the story for a year to try to get with the Coast Guard to intercept one of these boats to see what it was like to, to talk to these people, to, to understand this, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's obviously a very personal story because my family's Cuban. And so I was on the boat with, with the Coast Guard as they were intercepting these go-fast boats filled with Cubans, 30, 40 Cubans on, on boats that were not very large, like 25 foot open fishermen, like, like small boats, um, and racing in the middle of the night with men, women, children. And I'll never forget, it's pitch black, it's so dark, they have to find these boats on the radar. And when they intercept them, they throw on the lights, they, they tell them in Spanish to, to, to cut the engines to stop. Sometimes they try to run. Mm -hmm. And, but, but we, we, one night we, we stopped three boats and I'll never forget when they when they threw the light on and I saw all the Cubans and it was like I said, men, women, children, and they looked just like me. It was like, wow. I was like, this is this is crazy. Like this is people that I that I was reporting on. And I, obviously I'm, I'm always, you know, humane in the way I report these things. But going from not just numbers, not just stats, not just people like leaving Cuba to come to America and laws being broken. But I was like, wow, look at these people. They look just like me. Yeah. And, you know, and obviously I, I'm, I'm going to stay objective. It's a thought. I'm not going to lose it. I'm not going to overtly lean into that. Right. Because then, then that would change yep. the reporting from being a journalist to being an activist. And that's not what I ever want to do. It gives me perspective. Right. As a journalist, that somebody would risk their life. Things are so bad in Cuba that they would risk their life and their families, like their, their babies on these boats to come to America. What, what are they leaving? How bad are those things? Right. But again, the laws were being broken. This was illegal, but but nothing. How he had nothing in life is black and white. It's all gray. It's you know, all when people gray. try to tell you things are black, people try to tell you things are black and white. I can tell you, I've covered all types of things, and things are not black and white. Yeah. And when you think they are, you're not really listening, right? Obviously, laws are laws, and they and they should never be broken. You know, like when you're covering any story, right? Things things sometimes things are just overtly wrong, right? And you call them out, and you say this is overtly wrong, or overtly right. But a lot of times things are gray, man, you know, and you and you as a journalist, you have to always make sure that you're trying to be as fair as possible. The binary world only exists in the world of computers. I agree with you. It's all yeah. a mix of pros and cons, pluses or minuses. And to your point about talking about a subject or doing a story about subjects, when you look at them and it's like looking in a mirror, it really does test two things. 
the fact that we're all human and hence the human condition is one that needs to be like you very well do report on. And by doing that, you put a mirror in front of all of us at all times. Tom, keep doing what you're doing. Just incredible reporting. The country's lucky to have you in your seat. Thanks so much. Oh, yeah, great. And I, I want to tell you one thing that is really funny. <laughs> you sent me you sent me some questions, like 20 questions, and we you didn't ask me a single one of them. That's hysterical. But you did ask me very good questions. So you're a budding journalist, Javier. Yeah, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to keep listening to you on this podcast. See you later, Tom. Oh, man, Javier, thank you. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. For information and links about today's guests, check out the show notes and visit topofthegame-thepod.com. Your host, Javier Sade, the show Top of the Game. Thanks for listening.